Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, let's get our Flames Talk postgame show underway on this Saturday night in Edmonton. Rogers Place, the site of an impressive Flames 6-3 victory over their arch rivals. Round three of the Battle of Alberta goes to Calgary. Our Flames Talk postgame show is underway. My name is Pat Steinberg, and let's head uh, downstairs here at Rogers Place and say hello to Flames goaltender Dan Vladar, who picked up the win, making 32 stops tonight in a uh, winning effort dan that was a really emotional game it felt like uh how how did it feel like for you on the ice um i mean it was it was really nice to be uh finally back 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 in that uh starting the game so i felt as the game went on i felt better and better and uh, obviously it helps when you're up uh, up three nothing that early and uh you know every time they had some pushback we scored and the guys did an awesome job in front of me it uh, it felt like it was uh, really heated, really emotional on the ice. Was was that how it was from uh, from your standpoint? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, as a goal, you just can can let it affect you. Obviously, uh, it drags you more into a game, and you just want to win those games. And obviously, the the, the excitement and uh, you know, it's a big rivalry. And uh, you know, as I said, the guys just did an awesome job in front of me, and lots of emotions in that game. And then the crowd was really loud. And uh, super happy that he got those two points. You uh, hadn't started in more than a month with an all-star break and a minor injury. You talked about you kind of felt better as the game went along. But uh, just overall, how did you feel about your game tonight? Uh, As I said, I just felt better as the game went on. Obviously, we had a really good start. I didn't see a lot of shots. Not a lot of scoring chances early, so uh, you know I was still on the edge. You know I I, I just knew that they they were they were gonna have some some pushback. But uh, as I said, every time when they had like a power play or something, the, the guys just did an awesome jump in front of me, and uh, you know we and we just scored right away. So we didn't let 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 them to sniff anything. And you know the, every time every time when they just had something, you know we just we, we were just battling out and and. Uh, just not not let it not letting them uh, get back into the game. Dan, final question: Third straight win, a really good week for the group. Wins over Boston and Winnipeg as well. Just uh, how's it feeling in that locker room right now? Uh, it feels awesome, but at the same time, yeah, you know, we had a couple ups and downs this season, and uh, we know how easy it's to 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 lose in this league. So uh, we just gotta uh, keep playing the same way and uh, keep keep improving and keep keep getting better. And I uh, just enjoy the time right now. But uh, we, our schedule is really tough right now, so we just can can uh, let our foot off the gas. We just gotta keep going, and hopefully, hopefully, we are just gonna keep grabbing some points. Dan, congratulations on the win. Congratulations on a a big win for the team against Edmonton. Thanks for doing this tonight, hey? Thank you so much. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. You as well. That is uh, Dan Vladar postgame. He got the start. There were some uh, definite head-scratching moments when you saw Dan Vladar getting the start tonight against Edmonton. Then we found out that Jacob Markstrom maybe not fully at 100%, so it made a little bit more sense. And Dan Vladar went out and had a really solid night, makes 32 stops in a 6-3 Flames victory over the Edmonton Oilers. Flames Talk postgame underway. It's Steinberg along with you uh, from on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The phone lines are open at 403- 
240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. Coming at you from Rogers Place in Edmonton uh, with Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills as well. And uh, Mick, uh, an outstanding start. They stunned the Oilers, blew the doors off in the first period. And then one of the things you were talking about all game, when the Oilers did push back, and, and they pushed back hard there late in the first and in the second period, it got close, but the Flames didn't let the momentum run them over, and they kind of took back control of the game by the end of the second period and then didn't relinquish it. That, that to me, was the most impressive part, even maybe more so than the start was, but uh, overall a really solid night for the Flames against Edmonton. Yeah, and obviously the start was huge, especially when you're going into another team's building and, of course, being the Battle of Alberta and the rivalry, knowing that it's going to be an emotional game and the fans are going to be loud. You know, there's a lot going on there. So for them to have the start that they did, that was key. But like you said, I mean, being able to grab the momentum back in that game when the Oilers started to find their stride and sort of turn things around that was what was really impressive and I mentioned it on the broadcast for me there was you know one save that Dan Vladar made on a, a two-on-one on Evander Kane uh, and then Blake Coleman dropping the mitts and showing some leadership I mean he's been a leader all year long for this group but it, you know I really think that that was what turned the tides and then I mean that beautiful pass from Jonathan Huberto out to Dryden Hunt and finding him uh, in that high slot area and then and things just kind of, you know, took care of themselves from there for the Calgary Flames and just the way that, that they kept their game tight from there on. They didn't let their play sag. They didn't mm-hmm. give the Edmonton Oilers much at all. So just a, a very impressive game from the team and their ability to go into the Oilers building, uh, have a start like that, and then ride the emotional swings and the momentum swings of the game and have to give Dan Vladar a ton of credit for coming in and playing the way that he did, especially yeah. considering the fact he hasn't played a lot of hockey as of late. So a lot of things to like. Yeah, the keys for me, Pat, the start, number one, because the Orders had lost two in a row. And even watching their game last night, there was an exchange between Leon Dreisaddle literally right after he scored a power play goal and Glenn Gullitson, where you could see that Dreisaddle was frustrated. So... I think the Flames probably had a sense that the Orders as a group were frustrated going into the game. So the fact that they started so strong and, and took a 3 nothing lead as quickly as they did, well, that was a, a perfect start to the hockey game. And then once the Orders kind of found their game and made it 3-1 late in the first and then 3-2 in the second, the way the Flames were able to turn the tide and not take over the game uh, the way they did when, when the puck dropped tonight, but yeah. certainly kind of level things out and not let the Oilers continue to come at them in waves. That was really impressive for me because that's hard to do against any team. I think that's really hard to do against a team with uh, the top-end talent that the Oilers have. So that's a really impressive win to cap off what I think was the Flames' best week so far this season. You look at what they did this week. They beat the sixth overall Jets on Monday. They beat the second overall Bruins on Thursday. They beat the 11th overall Oilers on Saturday. That's a really good week for the group. 
Yep, and uh, first win against the Oilers in five tries, so that has to feel nice as well. And uh, again, never trailed, did so decisively when it was all said and done. Uh, round three of the Battle of Alberta was our focus on the marquee matchup tonight, brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Get clear-out pricing on 2023s with interest rates as low as 5% on select models and savings up to $5,000. One more round in this year's Battle of Alberta. Alberta Flames can even it out with a win on April 6th back at the Scotiabank Saddledome. At least we get four games between the Flames and Oilers this year as opposed to the three games we got last year. It's your Flames Talk post-game show with Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson. My name is Pat Steinberg on a Saturday night. Flames uh, make it three consecutive wins and a 6-3 win over the Oilers here at Rogers Place. And uh, let's select tonight's hardest-working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest-working plumber or HVAC Tech, Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Mick, which way are you leaning for this one tonight? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Noah Hannafin. I mean, two goals, an assist, plus three, played over 25 minutes, uh, seven shots on goal, 10 shot attempts, four block shots, just at both ends of the ice. He was, he was outstanding and just continues to be so impressive in the way that he plays against other teams top lines and he's still you know found that really perfect balance in his game of when to jump up in the rush when to activate off the blue line finding those holes and making sure that it's not compromising his defensive game and did that absolutely perfectly in this game tonight so Noah Hannafin Noah Hannafin is your hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Wills, it was interesting. They had an assist on Hannafin initially, so they had just uh, Coleman under the empty netter from Manjapana to start. Then with about two minutes to go, they added Hannafin, and you're like, oh, that's his second career four-point game. Very nice game. And then uh, on the final sheet, they've taken that assist away, so it is not a four-point game from Noah Hannafin. It's his 10th career three-point game. Uh, nonetheless, a two-goal game for him and a new career high with 11 goals was a massive part of this win. That's on one hand. Wilsey, there's also four games until the trade deadline. It's got to be super mixed emotions for Flames fans because we know we're seeing the last of Noah Hannafin in a Flames jersey. Yeah, mixed emotions, but I think most Flames fans have wrapped their head around the fact that he will be traded before mm-hmm. March 8th. So I think it's great that Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev, and I know he didn't play tonight, and I know that uh, there's no certainty that he's going to get dealt as well, but Jacob Markstrom I would include in this conversation as well. All three of those guys, despite uh, all the rumors that are floating around, continue to play at a really high level and continue to do what they can to help the Flames win hockey games. And if he does get dealt, what you want is for him to be playing at a high level because it does two things for you. A, it helps you win. And B, Mm -hmm. it probably raises the price that uh, another team is going to have to pay or uh, that another team might be willing to pay. Like if Noah Hannafin was struggling right now, uh, maybe the Flames wouldn't get quite as much for him. But uh, here he is with uh, a three-point game and uh, I think was one of the best players in the ice at Rogers Place Mm -hmm. at Edmonton tonight. So uh, all things considered, uh, as much as the Flames and uh, some of their fans would like to keep him, when he does get dealt, uh, the fact that he's played at a high level this season, uh, yeah. y- you have to look at that as a positive. 
No doubt, um, and and Mick, it's uh, going to be one of those things where w- when he's no longer here, that's going to be a big subtraction with the amount that he's playing and and the way that he's impacting things on on all ends of the ice. That's that's going to be a significant loss for this group. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a hole that someone's going to have to step up and fill. But you think of you, you know what they've gotten in terms of Oliver Shillington coming back his game has uh, you know really progressed and started to to really ramp up in the way that he's contributed he got a I believe he had an assist yeah he had an assist in this game and played 16 minutes 32 seconds so they continue to sort of ramp up his minutes and responsibilities he played uh, on the penalty kill last game against Boston as well and then you look at Braden Pahal so I mean there is a little bit more depth on the back end but there's no doubt I mean losing a guy like Noah Hannafin the minutes that he plays and the way that he plays so well at both ends of the ice uh, that's a hole that is going to be one that I think I think not one guy is going to be able to step up and fill, but you know whoever's left on that back end, everyone's going to have to step their game up. Yep. Uh, we will hear from Noah Hannafin. He did do media tonight, so we'll hear from him very shortly here in Edmonton, and that's going to be interesting because, well, you know that he's probably going to get asked. I haven't seen any quotes yet, so we'll uh, hear that very, very shortly. Also, head coach Ryan Huska coming up very, very shortly following a 6-3 Flames win over the Edmonton Oilers in round three of this year's Battle of Alberta, round four, April 6th in Calgary. Uh, let's uh, get some final thoughts from the two of you, an impressive one from the Flames tonight. Uh, they took control early and never really relinquished uh, as they return home for a three-game homestand that starts on Tuesday. Mick, some final thoughts from a 6-3 win over the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I mean because of what we just talked about, a lot of things to like. So the the big thing from here on out is and Wilsey mentioned it, they've won four, lost four, won four, lost three, one three I mean Mm -hmm. at some point if you're going to make the playoffs like you got to get off that roller coaster so from you know here on out like they got to go on a run and they really have to start racking up the points and especially you see the way that the other teams that are making a playoff push the way that they're playing how every single point matters so you know for me I would say my final thought would be this is great it's been an outstanding week for the Flames uh, but they need to continue this on and make sure that these next three games that they have at home that they take care of business tonight for me was the blueprint because as we've talked about and I think having this conversation after a game against the Oilers is a good time to do it the Flames don't have generational players that can put the team on their back and almost single-handedly lead them to wins they have to do it as a group they have to do it with four lines and three pairings and a goaltender. And when you look at this game against the Oilers, 13 Flames players picked up at least a point. They were emotionally engaged. They were physically engaged right from the get-go. And I wouldn't say they played a complete 60 minutes tonight. The Oilers are a good team, and there certainly was some pushback late in the first and, and then in the first half of the second period. But you have to give credit 
to, to the Flames for finding a way to, to turn the tide once the Oilers started to kind of take the hockey game over. So really impressive game to wrap up what I think was their best week of the season. And I give this group a lot of credit because there has been a lot of noise surrounding this Flames team really going back to the start of the offseason between mm-hmm. uh, the changes at general manager and head coach and all the pending unrestricted free agents. We've already seen a few trades and you know, we know that there are probably at least two more coming between now and March 8th. And this team continues to go out there and play at a pretty high level and win hockey games. That's three straight wins for them. They're still three points out of a playoff spot, and they're doing everything they can to hang around in the, the fight for the second wild card spot of the Western Conference. And they do that as the noise continues to get louder and louder and louder approaching the trade deadline yeah. on March 8th. We'll see how long they can keep this going, but uh, for now, I'm just going to enjoy the ride, and uh, this week certainly was a fun ride uh, for the Flames and for their fans. Wins in seven of their last ten, and the uh, three losses, one of them you're okay with. Their last ten, yes, they laid a couple of eggs against San Jose and Detroit. Nobody's going to dispute that, and, and Mick, as you said, every point matters right now. But uh, otherwise, that's eight of their last ten. They've played the most consistent hockey they've played going back to the 21-22 season, bar none, no questions asked. And every single one of those, minus the Arizona game right before the break, every single one of those games has been since the Lindholm trade, and uh, that's really interesting interesting at the very least gives a glimpse of uh where this group's headset is at as uh, we've got two at least two more big time trades coming for this flames team in the next 12 days or so see you uh see you monday friends at practice have a wonderful rest of your weekend hey thanks pat you too good night uh derek wills megan mickelson signing off as the flames take a 6-3 win over the edmonton oilers let's hear from head coach ryan huska his thoughts post game right now your thoughts after that win uh it's a big win for us it was a good game i mean i our first period was a good period and i thought we did a lot of good things and and probably frustrated them a little bit with how we were playing so it was a, a night where i thought we had a pretty complete effort from pretty much everybody on our lineup tonight how do you think your group handled that frustration? Because it seemed like they, there's some physicality injected into the game once yeah. they got down three or four goals, and it seemed like your group, you know, they took it, but they didn't retaliate as much. As and in, that's important. I think, you know, they, they everybody knows about their power play. So uh, one of the parts that we liked about our game tonight was the emotion that we did show, but we felt it was controlled too. Um, and that hasn't been something that our team has been known for this year, but it was nice to see it tonight. What does it say about Noah Hanif and the fact that he's playing at such a high level given everything around him and, and again, another phenomenal night tonight? Yeah, I mean, he's that's his job at the end of the day. That's his job. He's got to come and play, and he's a defenseman that we rely on heavily, and we're going to continue to do that. The offensive side is what probably will get at the headlines tonight, but... His chief role tonight, if I'm not mistaken, was to shut down the big boys. Yeah, as much as you can. Um, you know, on the road, they always have last last change and stuff. But we feel like our, our four guys on the back end have the ability to play against top lines. So um, whether it's Chris and Noah on the ice or if it's Raz and McKenzie, we trust both pairs. Um, what do you think of Dragon tonight? I loved him. I thought he was hard. Um, I scored a big goal for us, of course, and I thought he did a lot of things the right way. What did you see early that made you make that switch from Pelche? Uh, we started with Dryden there. Oh, you did? Yeah. 
so and then we gave Jacob a, a quick shift but I just felt like there was something with Dryden and Hubie and Sharon tonight so um, he deserved an opportunity to play on that line and I'm kind of glad we kept him there what did you think of Jacob's game I thought he was fine tonight yeah I mean he gave us the good energy that we needed I thought that line had some good shifts for us we were able to bump him a few times to play it at, at in different spots so I thought he did a good job what's it like relying on that pairing of Tanev and Hannafin knowing that Tanev can provide that defensive defenseman style and Hannafin can be more offensive yeah but that's our whole back end I mean you you look at the way Oliver and and Patch play now too like Oliver is similar to Noah if you want to call it that way and Patch is similar to Chris like subtle differences of course um but I, f- I feel like we have that throughout our back end. The difference with McKenzie and Raz is they're very similar. They're offensive, but yet they're expected to play defensive games as well. So I think that's more of our 200-foot pair, if you will. Um, but we feel like our back end has that ability. Ryan, what does it say about your team that you've been able to put three really good games together against good teams? Um, well, it's the consistency we'd like to see. You know, we've been fighting it, and that's if there's a, a knock on us that's been our inability to put streaks together and our inability to stop streaks if you will um and i think a lot of that comes down to leadership i think it comes down to you know being able to turn the page when something doesn't go your way within a game or when it does go your way you you stay straight ahead and make sure that you don't change your game plan at all but um this last stretch has been a good one for us for sure all good okay okay thank Thank you guys That is head coach Ryan Huska just minutes ago here at Rogers Place as his team takes a 6-3 win over the Edmonton Oilers in round three of the Battle of Alberta. And uh, powered by number one star and hardest working flame, Noah Hannafin, with two goals and an assist as he continues to put together an outstanding season. He sets a new career high in goals with his 11th, which uh, ended up being the 5-2 goal in the latter stages of the second period we have not heard from Noah Hannafin since the all-star break the all-star break is when it became pretty apparent that he was not going to be re-signing with the Flames. The uh, the belief is, I am very much under the impression, even doing more, uh, uh, doing some more digging throughout the weekend. Not like this is a big surprise or anything, but you know, the, I, I'm very much under the impression that this thing is um, moving towards a trade, and and he will be dealt between now and the March 8th trade deadline. I don't know what that return's going to be. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a an interesting tug of war when it comes to trying to move Noah Hannafin right now because so much of his value is going to be tied to signing an extension and Noah kind of gets to decide whether or not he wants to sign an extension with another team or not so because of that I I think that is the number one thing that is holding things up right now Um, not to say there's not interest there is tons of interest I believe in Noah Hannafin from what I understand it's not so much the interest it's more about whether or not Noah is willing to sign an extension with the team he goes to if he does the Flames are going to get more value if he doesn't then it's a situation where you're going to get rental prices and rental prices are going to be lower than a situation where he signs with another team so I think that's a big thing that what we're looking at right now and, and part of why a deal hasn't been made Still 12 days until the deadline, but yeah, I, I, I do think that we're talking about a situation where uh, we're, we're watching the final, well, I think we know we're in a situation where we're watching the final games as Noah Hannafin, uh, as a member of the Flames, 
I'm really interested to see what type of return the Flames are going to get for Noah between now and the trade deadline. Let's hear from him. He has not spoken since the All-Star break. Noah Hannafin postgame after a two-goal, three-point night here in Edmonton. What are you uh, most proud of on a night where you did it all from at both ends? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a great, great team effort tonight. You know, we... Uh, you know, we need to get a win against those guys. You know, we've had a, a tough time playing them lately, and I thought we had a really good start to the game, played with a lot of, you know, emotion and passion. And, you know, that's something you got to do when you play a team with that much skill. So um, I thought it was a really complete game for us. It seems like from our standpoint, you're playing the best hockey of your career the past couple of weeks or so. Do you, do you see it that way, Noah? Yeah, just trying to get a, 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 you know, a day at a time and, and uh, just control what I can. And, and each game, you know, it's a different game and just trying to go out there and, do everything I can to help the team get two points and win and, and uh, you know, play good hockey at both ends of the ice. So, um, you know, I feel, uh, feel feel confident, feel good, but uh, more importantly, the team's playing really good hockey right now. 11 goals, that's a new new career high for you. I'm assuming you knew you were going to set that, you know, uh, some time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it feels good. It's cool. I, uh, a couple of great passes tonight, you know, Bax and, and Zares made two unreal plays and kind of left me with, uh, you know, grade A chances and, uh hit the post at the end there in the empty header, but that would have been nice, but it was, uh, no, it was just, yeah, it was good. It was nice to be able to, to get some goals tonight and uh, help the team win. How have you been able to handle all the talk? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, it's just taking it one day at a time and doing everything I can just to help the team win. You know, we're in a playoff hunt right now, and, and that's the that's the focus in, in the locker room, and, and that's, you know, I'm a part of this team, and that's where my mindset's at right now, too, is just, you know, each game helping us, you know, move forward to a playoff spot and, and uh you know, playing the best hockey I can each night for the team. Can you describe what it's like to be able to play your game while having a player like Chris Tanev on your side? It's, it makes it really easy, honestly. He's uh, he does all the little things so well, and and uh, you know, everybody talks about you know what a warrior is, and, and he plays such hard minutes. But he also you know he makes a lot of really good plays on the ice too. He's super poised when he's under pressure in the D zone, and you know when you're when you're in a four check, you know that's tough to make those little slip plays lots in the middle, and he's so good at that and breaking the puck out. So. You know, he's, uh, he's been a pleasure to play with since he's been in Calgary. We, we haven't talked to you since that trade stuff came public. Do you, do you still see yourself maybe a part of the future here in Calgary? Like I said, I mean, I'm just, uh, just focusing on, on each day and, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I'm just trying to, you know, play, you know, good hockey right now and, and help this team win. That's that's where the, the focus is at in, in the locker room. And, you know, we're playing some good hockey right now. We just beat a couple of good teams in, in a row. So just got to keep that going. What does it say about your team that, that you just beat three of the biggest, the best teams in the league? It should give us a lot of confidence right now. Yeah, we're playing good hockey. And, and when we play the right way, we can we can hang with anybody. That is Noah Hannafin, who did a very expert job. Look, he knew it was coming. He knew there were going to be a few questions about his future in there. Did an expert job of, you know, not not adding fuel to the fire, not 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 giving no comments. Just gave the simple. I'm just focused on playing one game at a time and trying to help this team win right now. Whatever happens, happens. We have a pretty good idea of where this thing is headed, um, but. Good on him for being able to continue to play. He was fired up out there. He remains a good teammate. I will give Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev, the remaining high-profile UFAs on this team, all the credit in the world for the, the consummate pros they've been and continue to be on this team, even as we're watching the final games with those two teams, uh, those two players, rather, in Flames jerseys. 6-3, your final score. Both Tanev and Hannafin, a big part of a win over the Edmonton Oilers here at the Scotiabank Saddledome.
Uh, well, that's not where we are. We're here at Rogers Place in Edmonton. Um, it was the, there is one more game at the Scotiabank Saddledom between these two. That's not until April. This one was at Rogers Place here in Edmonton on this Saturday night, and tonight's game has been brought to you by Self Point Toyota. The phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Got a few lines open if you want to chat tonight. Text line open at 969-60. We'll get there around the corner. Flame 6, Oilers 3, round 3 of the Battle of Alberta goes to the Flames. And this is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk postgame show continues from the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. 6-3, your final score at Rogers Place in Edmonton. Flames take round three of the Battle of Alberta, and they do so in decisive fashion. It's your Flames Talk postgame show on a Saturday night from Edmonton. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts and live right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan phone lines open, 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. It's Steinberg along with you. And uh, that was decisive. Um, and and really, it was the start that that primed this thing. That was an absolute punch in the mouth the Flames delivered to the Oilers in their building with those three goals to open up a 3 nothing lead. Kadri, Pospisil, then Hannafin. And the, the Kadri goal set the tone. I felt like this was going to be a nice night for the Flames as as soon as Kadri scored that goal. There were a few, you know, good chunk of Flames fans here. Get the, the visiting fans into it. Kadri with a good selly. And I just, it, it, Nazem Kadri's been the guy dragging the Flames into the fight all year. And when you see that guy who's been that good and that much of a tone setter score a goal just over two minutes into the first period on the road in a game with this type of emotion it just felt like this was going to be the Flames night early on and Kadri was an emotional tone setter from start to finish I know he only had the one point but it was a huge one a because it got the Flames going and he was engaged and on it all night long so it felt like the Flames were in good stead to begin with they added to it they took advantage of a listless Oilers team that was making all kinds of coverage mistakes and all kinds of slop decisions so Flames took the took the lead took the initiative Give the Oilers credit. They pushed back. Zach Hyman with a couple of goals. And and when it's all said and done, the Oilers controlled a lot of the back part of this hockey game but couldn't beat Dan Vladar, couldn't convert on some of their opportunities, and still allowed just a little bit too much uh, on the other end. And a couple of goals in the second period turned this game back on its side. A great pass from Noah Hannafin. Sorry, a great pass from Jonathan Huberdo from behind the net. I thought Huberdo was going to go right up the middle into kind of the the low slot area that's what it looked like to me as i'm watching and i'm i'm up here in in the press box in edmonton so i I, i've got as good a bird's eye view as anybody because you're so far back and and i thought it was clear hannafin was going into the low slot area to try to find somebody instead he finds dryden hunt in the high slot area as the team was switching and and they were switching on their cycle. As a result of that vision from Huberdo, Hunt walks down Main Street and absolutely wires it for his first as a member of the Flames. That's your game winner. It 
completely quieted this building. Then Hannafin scores the uh, power play goal a few minutes later, and the Flames right back in control. And that came after the Oilers were in full control in terms of territorial play and how much they were uh, keeping the Flames hemmed in, so on and so forth. When it's all said and done, Oilers 15 to 7 high danger chances at 5 on 5 20 to 9 when you count in the power plays Flames did a nice job of opening up a lead. Oilers played the score and and chased quite a bit, which is what happens when you fall down by three, which they did on two different occasions. Um, and uh, the Flames handled the push. They handled the chasing well. And, and I think the Flames are full marks for this one this evening. You know who else is full marks? Dan Vladar. Time for the save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. I just told you. 20 to 9 were high dangers in favor of the Oilers. Vladar was busy all night. His save of the game comes in the second period. Perry will chop the puck out. Tanev will catch up to it in the flame zone. Being chased by Kane. He leaves it in the far corner for Hannafin. Bounces it up to the earboards. Puck ends up on Kulak's stick. And he'll slide it ahead to Kane. Comes it up the left side and shoots. Vladar reaches out and grabs the puck with his glove and makes a good save. That is one of the 32 stops made by Dan Vladar tonight, and that is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kidsport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. And uh, Vladar's first start since January 20th in a loss against the Oilers, his first win since January 16th in a win over Arizona. Good on him. He was very strong in the this one tonight as well. Okay, to the text line we go at 960 Lots of text to get to on this Saturday night. This reads, kudos to Huska keeping the Flames on script tonight. This could have gotten ugly. The Oilers thought the Flames were going to go away as per usual in this year's Battle of Alberta. Uh, this from Scotty and Victoria says the BOA is back, baby. Was great to see some spicy action return to this rivalry. It's been a little yawn this past couple seasons. The Flames had a complete effort tonight from almost everyone. Pospisil is a straight pest out there. It's amazing. And man, uh, Hubie really got under Edmonton's skin tonight. Love to see that side of him. Can't forget Vladar's stellar effort. Oilers didn't have much puck luck, but regardless, Vladar stopped many great scoring opportunities and the D was tight. I'll miss Hannafin pulling the goalie with seven minutes left was a little ridiculous, though, right? I'm grateful for it, though. It happens, especially when a night like the Oilers were having. I actually understood it from Knobloch's standpoint. I'm like, maybe we can get something, but... Um it, it helped the Flames more than it helped the Oilers. Dan and Cochran says, enjoy the wins, embrace the losses. Tonight was a good night, Pat. That comes from Dan. This reads, love the effort from the boys. Always nice to come out on top in the Battle of Alberta. Vladar looked great tonight. Love his style of play. What are your thoughts if Markstrom gets traded that Dan possibly takes the number one spot for the next season and lets Wolf back up? Well, if they keep those two goaltenders, I mean, if they if they keep Vladar, they're, they're keeping Wolf. If Markstrom gets traded and and they keep Vladar. I still, I that that to me is is a tandem. That's that goes back to kind of the you know who's playing better at the time. I don't think Vladar is your anointed number one. I think he'd have that opportunity to earn it, just like I think, um, just like I think that 
Wolf would have the opportunity to earn it, but I don't think it's just anointed to him either. I think that that's something that becomes a little bit of a tandem competition type thing. Uh, this reads, solid play tonight. They might have played a bit too cautiously in the second, but they all kept their composure. I think Coleman won that fight. He only got a few in, but they landed. The other guy kept hitting his helmet. Everyone stood out tonight. It was awesome to see. Vladar was on, made saves when he needed to. I rarely complain about the refs, but seriously tonight, they waited for the retaliation before calling anything. It's entertaining to see a rough game, but my God, get some control. It was a bit much. Very one-sided. Hannafin, sad to see him go, but I have to say I have respect for him playing as hard as he is still. He could trade on his name and would likely go where he wants, but to step up and keep putting in effort for the team, it's a nice way to say thank you. Calgary, that comes from Kyle in Citadel. Uh, appreciate that, my friend. This from James in Regina. Looked to me like Hannafin was determined to win his last battle of Alberta. He was the best Flames defenseman by a mile. I have to say he and Tanev have been complete pros knowing they both have one foot out the door in the organization also I hope everyone who is calling for Huberto's head can admit he's been much better of late do you think perhaps Vladar played tonight because Conroy and company wants to send him in a trade package to the Oilers no I, I don't think that's why Vladar played uh, I, I think that Vladar played for a combination of reasons uh, Jacob Markstrom not quite a hundred percent You've got um, you've got Vladar who has played well against the Oilers. They need to rest Markstrom at some point. I think all of those things came into it. Josh writes, awesome game here in Edmonton. Great game all around. Vladar was pretty impressive and a very rough and tough game. Great action. Hannafin was outstanding. Would you know the latest trade update on Noah Hannafin? Yeah, he's going to get dealt. That, that's and it's going to happen in the next twelve days. That's that's what we know at this point when it comes from Hannafin. Uh, this from. Um, Dylan, who writes, what a fun game. Love to see the Oilers be that bothered all the time. Pospisil's an absolute steal at one times two. Question for you, Pat. How on earth was that not goalie interference? I get Shillington slightly nudged him, but the dude's skates didn't angle or anything to signify an attempted stop or turn. He had so much time. Just destroyed Vladar on that play. Also, looks like Knobloch wants Celebrini with the early goalie pull. Sarcasm, of course. Um... Yeah, I I think that's why they didn't call it goalie interference. Did Shillington help direct them into Vladar? Yes. Did Drysaddle make an attempt to avoid him? I don't think so. At the very worst, I would have whistled. Very worst, I would have whistled that down. I was a little surprised they allowed play to keep on going. I, I, I think the Flames would have lost on a challenge, though. I think that Jason LaBarbera and Jamie Pringle made the right call by not challenging because I don't think it would have been overturned, but there should have been a whistle prior to Vladar getting reset, getting back into his crease, and eventually Hyman scoring the 3-1 goal. Uh, what else we got here? Stafford and Bonas says, Pat, it looks like the Battle of Alberta is back. Now, if they could just figure out how to beat the cellar dwellers, what a season this could have been. Um... This says the game was another Battle of Alberta classic, Pat. Huberto's probably their most talented forward. Coleman's a beast. Markstrom is a damn gold mine. The Flames need a quarterback on the power play. It's just a few selling points, I'm just saying. I believe the Flames are building towards an identity. This pro scouting staff could get the Flames in the playoffs in Connie. We trust. Uh, Mike from McKenzie says another great night watching the young kids. Connie's done a great job introducing some young blood. 
Kane is brutal. Um, yeah, I, I understand why people don't like Evander Kane. Duke from Arizona says, great game. Anderson beat on all three Edmonton goals is concerning, and Coleman showed why he should be the captain. Extend Markstrom for two more years and see what you can get for the other two and take the best deal. Well, Markstrom actually has two years left on his deal, so wouldn't need to extend him. A couple more before we hit the phone lines. Joel and Cranston says they won the battle, but not the war. When is Anderson going to stop giving Kane free headshots? Kane pushes them around along with Nurse, and they do nothing about it. I also thought Anderson, Manchapani, and Sharon Govich were passengers tonight. Jeez, Joel, that is a real downer text on a fun night, but, you know, you do you. Um, I, I do actually think the Flames push back quite nicely against Kane and Nurse and an Oilers team that can sometimes be a little aggressive. And not in a bad way. That's part of their identity, too. But I thought that Huberto was physical. I thought Kadri was all over it. Coleman, of course. Coleman fighting, and he rocked McDavid. So I actually thought the Flames uh, were right there and... and came to play in the physical side of things i thought calgary's engagement i thought calgary's emotional side of things was exactly where it needed to be and finally from brian and Pitt meadows pat i love it when the flames stick it to the oilers once in a while but hold on i was thinking wouldn't losing to the flames actually help them um tell me the last time an opposing team pulled their goalie with 7 10 left to play and how many points are they ahead just saying have a great show uh go flames go um the oilers are still quite a few points ahead of the flames plus they also have uh significantly fewer games played text line open at 960 960 get your text in as our flames talk post game show continues it's steinberg along with you on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts uh the phone line's open at 403 2404444 as the Flames take a 6-3 win over the Edmonton Oilers to the phone lines we go and we kick it off by saying hello to Wedley. What's going on, Wedley? Go la 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 go la Kevin Westgarth. One of my favorite songs, yeah. one of my favorite segments. I know they, came a, they came a few goals short of a gola, but still sure, six is but... good. Six is good in this building. Six is good, and, and I don't care if people are on Team Tank, Team Rebuild, Team Go For It. Anytime we play Edmonton, a win feels that much better. Like, and if any Flame fan or complains about that, I'm sorry. This is a rivalry. They are our rivals. I don't care about draft picks or draft positioning. We need to beat that team, especially in Edmonton. So I'm happy. <laughs> and great performances all around. Happy for Vladar. That guy's been piled on. People want to get rid of him so Wolf can play. Then when Wolf plays, apparently he's too short. Um, great job, Dan. I'm glad for Dryden Hunt. Glad for Huberto. Uh, you and me, I think we were like his only fans for the longest time. And everyone just gave. When Ekholm hit him from behind, I'm glad he didn't take it. I'm glad he got up and pushed him back. Like That's yeah. what I want to see. Like. You know, like uh, these guys who keep saying Huberto doesn't care. I don't get it. I honestly, the guy cares too much, if anything, if you ask me. But I and, and honestly, Wedley, I think that's a big yeah. reason why it, it it took as long as it did for yeah. him to figure it out. Because I I think that it it's not him being nonchalant and not caring. Yeah. It's it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. And contrary to what Joel was saying. You don't need to drop the gloves every time because Vander Kane and Drysaddle sometimes not the smartest guys on the ice. As we saw, Drysaddle took that bad penalty, which led to the Flames' power play goal. And if you can draw Kane into taking a penalty, why not? 
there is a time to fight. Trust me, this this battle, this game today is more the battle of Alberta I grew up with. It's not quite, it'll never be what it used to be, but this has been a lot better than what I've seen of late. Like, I like fighting, don't get me wrong, but I'm glad Anderson tried to goad him in, and heck, Pospisil was under their skin. Uh, if you can get them to take bad penalties, that's a lot smarter than just dropping the gloves every time. Uh, but I don't think, I, I don't, I get it. I thought Coleman's hit was clean. I'm not just saying it because I'm a Flames fan. Um, okay, can people... you play, can you try? Okay, because I know you can. Can you yeah. please try playing devil's advocate? What would have been wrong with it? Well, that's what I'm saying. Why did he have to fight Yanmark and then he had to fight Holloway? That's the part. I, but the Oilers, media, and whatnot were all like, "Oh, you can't be doing that to Connor. Can't be doing that to Connor." I'm like, Sidney Crosby can fight. Why? Uh, you know, it's pretty common. It's not like it was a hit from behind. It wasn't dirty. But unfortunately, that's the way the game is now. You apparently have to fight all the time. And I get if the Oilers don't respond, then yes, the media and fans will get on them too. But I thought the hit was clean. I didn't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, didn't, I, I went and watched yeah. it because I yeah. saw it live, and, and you're a ways yeah. away in, yeah. uh, in, our, in our booth here. So I went and watched it live, um, yeah. and I was like, woof, that, that's just a big, hard <laughs> hit. Body check. Yeah. You're allowed to hit guys. Exactly. I grew up in an era where Scott Stevens took out uh, who is it, Eric Lindros, uh, with way worse hit. So th- th- this trust well, yeah, this like would have been nothing. S- Scott back Stevens, then. Scott Stevens, yeah. headhunting on Eric Lindros yeah. and Paul Korea. Paul Korea uh, got destroyed. Yeah, th- those are those are hits that aren't allowed in this day and age. But unfortunately, um, but, some of the but, guys in the media were acting like that hit today. Like I was laughing so hard. I'm like, no, oh, you're, like, you're allowed to finish your check yeah. even if he wears 97 yeah. and wears blue and orange. And that's how teams play him in the playoffs. And then the Oilers fans complain. They're like, oh, like, the playoff hockey's tough. <laughs> they are going to hit him more in the playoffs, you know, than in the regular season. But yeah. I thought they was clean. It was good. I was glad to see. And I'll get to my main point. I am going to be really, really sad when Hannafin's traded. I'm not just saying that because of today. I liked him since our trade. He's really stepped up. I just don't get it, Pat. I don't get it. You got to explain it. You and me love this city. He almost. I'm so tired of this. They almost signed and they changed their mind. Maybe we'll never know the truth. And I maybe he wants to go. I don't know. I don't think it's a money thing in this situation. But what can we do, Pat? Like, I'm already nervous about Hunter Brustevich, and, and the guy hasn't even played a game in the league. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, like it's not okay. even a building thing. Building's coming. Yeah. I think first of all. It's mm-hmm. a you, – you can counter it by being a good team and a team yeah. that's ready to win. You know, and, and Blake Coleman came here, signed here. And I, I'm yeah. not suggesting that Coleman – like, I'm not trying to compare any of these things. But Coleman no. came here. Kadri came here. And, yeah, Kadri probably took more money than – the or, or, or probably got an offer from Calgary that he might not have got elsewhere. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that for sure. Um, but – there, there have been guys that have decided to come here, and the the yeah. way that you retain players, like the way the Oilers are going to retain, the, the, there's a good chance the Oilers retain Drysaddle and McDavid, and they do that by being a team that is poised to win. So the best way that Ken Holland, who, by the way, was sitting literally beside me, uh, yeah. separated by only a pane of glass for this game tonight, but the best way for Ken Holland to retain 
Drysaddle and McDavid is well, yes, paying them what they're worth, but also yeah. by being a winning team, and so that's what you know that that's that's going to be the best way for the Flames to retain players going forward. You know, there, there's yeah. there's only so much you can do about your city being one and a half million people and not ten million people. There's only so much you can do about the weather. There's only so much you can do about some of the the things that a, a city like Calgary or Edmonton uh-huh. doesn't have compared to what a city like Chicago or Miami or Los Angeles or New York has. Like I said, yeah. neither Calgary or Edmonton is ever going to be that. But yeah. the, the the best way, if you want to keep free agents, you build a culture, you, you treat your players well, and, and you also win some hockey games. Yeah, that's a front. I, I know, trust me, we've only... What we've only been to the finals in my whole lifetime twice, '89, 2004, and haven't been out of the uh, second round and gone, you know, but or made it to the third round and forever. But it's just so frustrating because a team like Ottawa, they can retain all their prospects and guys they sign. Other teams can do it, but Winnipeg is, is able to sign Shifley and Hellebuck. I'm like, why? You know, it's it, man, it just ticks me. I'm not mad at Hannafin. I get it. If he wants to go home, he wants to go home. But I'm like. Listening to this interview today, I'm glad he's still trying and still playing hard. But like, man, <laughs> if it was so close, what's the problem? But and I don't, oh, Wedley, yeah. I don't, I don't know, yeah. like how close it was. I really don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, it's yeah. It's, Maybe it's, he made I, up his I, mind I on that truck trip. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. I'll let you get going here quickly. But uh, oh well. Hopefully, Conroy gets a big return. That'll soften some of my disappointment. But man. You know me. Um, I know a lot of people are gonna are the other side and want them to not make it and trade everybody. But time, you know, I till it's over, it's not over with me, and I'm always gonna be like that. And then in the end, um, just two quick questions: um, What happened to Sea of Dead? Is that gone? That clothing store? Yeah, I, I believe to... that they. I believe. Oh. I don't. I don't think they. Um, okay. I, I believe they just kind of. Um, Folded, not folded is the wrong word. I just think they just yeah. kind of quietly were like, yeah, you know, we, we like it. I tried it, to order but... a shirt yesterday and the website wasn't working, so I thought I wasn't sure it was me, but it's Yeah, gone. I think that the, I, I don't think it's like completely dead forever. I know John very yeah. well, the guy who started it, but uh, okay. I, I don't think that it's it's currently uh, active. Okay, and my last question is Yuki the caller. Does she not call anymore? I haven't heard her in forever. I haven't heard Yuki, and I haven't heard from Yuki in a long time, Wed. Yeah, I, I miss I her call. She always, I loved her positive upbeat energy always you know whether win or lose she is always a great flames fan so i hope she calls again but anyways enjoy your night go flames go and it's always good to beat edmonton i see you what good to hear from you buddy 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a flame 6-3 win here in edmonton george is up next what's up george not much patty how are you doing tonight good man good very cool that you find yourself in edmonton how did that come about well, there's a, a highway. It's called the uh, the uh, QE2. It connects Calgary to Edmonton. Uh, so Eric Francis has what is called a vehicle. Uh, run, runs on an internal combustion engine. He, I, I popped in Eric Francis's vehicle. We drove up together. I'm gonna. Um, is the hotels? Uh, they are places that you stay. You pay money, and you stay. But yeah, we just uh, decided to pop up. Big game. Want to make sure that you're close to the team when there's things happening. Last opportunity to get to Edmonton for a game this year, so I just decided to pop up. Okay, yeah, I should have rephrased that, but the last part of your answer is <laughs> answered my question. I just because I, 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 I'm aware that you guys don't go on the road for a game. So, but anyway, it's awesome that you you were able to be in the building for that. That's pretty cool. So, 
Yeah, and and yeah, I get that. You obviously got to be around and uh, your ears and eyes, you know, wide open for, you know, the things to come. But uh, I'll say this, man. It's always a great night when we beat the Oilers, especially in that fashion. I mean, even though the Oilers were garbage, you have to give the Flames a ton of credit. And I agree with the statement you made. I, For me, the most impressive part of the whole game is when Edmonton makes it 3-2, and it could have gone sideways very, very quickly, but Calgary didn't allow that to happen. And you got to give them a lot of credit for that because Edmonton is a far more talented team than we are, and yet they didn't allow it to happen. So uh, you could say Edmonton was garbage all you want. They still have the ability to score goals at will, and Calgary didn't allow that to happen, and they, they, they played them well. So a lot of credit to Calgary for that. Yeah. I, they, they Look, I mean, the Oilers pushed hard in, in the final 40 minutes of play. The Flames didn't allow it to run them over, which, um, which is impressive because a month and a half ago, that, that could very well have been the case. Uh, exactly my point, 100%. I, I mean, I told you last call, I, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, not kind of, I dreaded this game. I thought they were going to hand it to us, you know, especially, you know, especially when I saw that, you know, Vladar was going to go in. I was like, ooh, but no, Vladar was great. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have thought that way because the last game he was great, even though we lost 3-1, it definitely wasn't, be, it wasn't for Vladar. I remember that game could have been nine, they could have scored nine goals on us, but Vladar, for whatever reason, really seems to play the Oilers well. So kudos to him, too. He did a great job holding the Flames in there. And then uh, Noah Hannafin, I mean, talk about uh, raising your trade value by the game right now. Just an excellent outing from him. He's been he's been absolutely on fire. And, again, this is from a guy that it's no secret. I, I'm, not, I'm not the guy's biggest fan. But I don't, you know, got to give the guy credit. He's had a phenomenal season, especially – from November on. I mean, he's been great, and uh, I got to give the guy a lot of credit. Um, you know, he's made his decision and, and wanted to test the market, but he, he just he, – he's playing like whatever. Like, he's he just – it's not let, allowing him to affect him, which with Lindholm, I felt like – I felt like everything looming was affecting him with the contract coming up. Noah Hannafin's in the exact same situation. And it and it appears from the outside anyway, like he's handling it completely differently and in a positive manner. Yeah, yeah, he's been and same with Panda, by the way. They, they've done they've done a really good job with it. And honestly, like it, it just comes down to the personality, right? I mean, Hannafin's always been, and Tanev has always been. These two guys are like quintessential go with the flow type guys, and they're going with the flow. And it's not always easy. I, I know that. But they're going with the flow right now and, and doing what they um, doing what they can. Yeah, and they are. And, and, you know, as long as they wear the flaming sea, that's their focus. And I really commend them for that. I think that's, that's excellent. And on to Tanev, um, like, obviously he's going to get traded too. But my question is, and, and it may, might be kind of a stupid question, but I'll pose it to you anyway. Do you think there is any way possible, Patty, that they trade him and he doesn't sign an extension with another team, and then he decides maybe to come back to Calgary. Do I think? As a, as a do I agent? think it's? Do I think it's out of the question? No. Do I think it's likely? No, because I still think Tanev's driven most by trying to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I feel the same way. But I kind of want to throw it out there anyway because I've always said if it were the right deal, I would love to have this guy back. But I also understand Calgary's mentality of you can't give. You can't give him something like like a four year contract, for example. Like it's, 
it's not smart. You know what I mean? It's And it's nothing against the player, but you know the way he plays. You give that guy a lot of term, that can bite you and, you know, that can bite you in the butt. So, but in a perfect world and in a perfect, uh, you know, contract, I would, I would love to have this guy finish his career as a flame, but obviously that doesn't appear to be the case and that's fine. He's given us four wonderful, wonderful years of flame and I, that that that's a guy I'm really really gonna miss. Yep, and they'll miss him. They'll miss him on the ice too. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely they will miss him. Final one for you, Patty, and I'll let you go. But uh, Connor Zeri, who is phenomenal again tonight, and how about that pass on Hannafin's power play goal? Like, oh, <sighs> exactly. L- literally, my reaction live watching it. Oh, like exactly what you. I I, I could not believe that pass. I did not see that. I thought he was going to shoot the puck, actually. I thought he was going to shoot it. That pass was just like a laser beam right to Hannafin's stick, like the easiest goal Hannafin's ever going to score. Mm-hmm. But this kid's hockey IQ is something. I just it, – it blows my mind. I, I I really, really think we got something in this kid. Like, I think he's going to be a bona fide top six player the rest of his career. I could be wrong. And I hope I'm not, but. He's not showing signs of slowing down. He's just showing signs of progressing. I agree. And, and I mean, you know, I, I think what will be really interesting is year two, first full year in the league, a little bit more of a book on him. I'm curious to see how he handles it. Wouldn't surprise me if there's, you know, um, a slight step back in the early stages of, of year two, just based on history. But I, I, I think – the way that you phrased it is exactly how I would be feeling about it. I, I think they're they've got themselves a a top six forward for the career. I, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, this roller coaster ride that has been this season, uh, up and down, up and down. We're back on the upswing, going right up the tracks again. Let's see where this goes, Patty. I, the the funny thing about the Flames is. I would actually feel a, a little bit more confident of them at least pushing for a playoff spot if we didn't have the history of them just blowing it against teams that are under them, which is a bunch of games coming up. So at this point, my, my attitude is like, I'm, it's curiosity. It's like, let's see what they do here. So that's, that's kind of the mind frame I have at this point now is curiosity. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, thank you for having me on, my friend, and we'll, we'll talk very soon. Thank you, Georgie. Good to hear from you, man, as the phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444, following a Flames 6-3 win over Edmonton. Let's say hello to Don. What's going on, Don? How are you doing, Pat? Good, man. Well, you know what? Um, I think they got some grit. They got some character now. They played some very tough teams, and they could have just uh, rolled it all and just said, you know, we're done. So uh, there's some good game film. Obviously, they're they're playing better. What did you see uh, with the Boston and the Oilers uh, game here that they were doing a little different habits they might not have been falling into? Is there anything really obvious or just that everyone's uh, doing it by committee now? Honestly, man, I, I think that that might be the the number one thing is just that they they really have bought into this um, some of the parts type thing. Uh, they've really bought into needing to have contributions up and down the lineup, uh, and they've really settled into how they can do that. Um, they've they've played a little bit more of a mature game, and by that I mean they've just stuck with it more so than they were doing earlier in the year. So those have been the the biggest things that I've noticed 
noticed in terms of things that have changed or been most noticeably different. It's just they've done a really nice job of sticking with it. That's great. Well, they got some game film now, and they can study it and see what they've done and how they play, and and, and everyone else can get on board. And uh, yeah, let's just keep going and see what we can do. And uh, they can get a, they can develop a brand of hockey for themselves and start to develop a brand with the players they have. Uh, then uh, we're going to be a better team for the next season. Uh, yeah, and and whether they make it in or not, I think that's very well said, Donnie. All right. Well, great, Pat. You've done a lot of good work over the week. Uh, I check in from time to time and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Don. Good to hear from you, hey? Yeah, take my care, man. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Let's say hello to Parsons tonight. What's up, Pars? Hey, Pat. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. Yeah, a great Saturday night is one where the Flames beat the Oilers in the Battle of Alberta. So it's a good Saturday. I mean, we finally beat them in those ugly jerseys of theirs, so... That's right. That's right. The Flames. Fi- I didn't even think of that. Flames finally have their first win in their Heritage Classic jerseys. <laughs> yeah, they were zero two against them. So, um, but uh, I hope scheduling wise, uh, we get more games against them next year. Um, they won't. Know, they, 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 it's only no. four is the max. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, unfortunately. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I disagree with you. Sentiment, like the sentiment-wise, I think you're right. They should, but uh, just based on scheduling, they won't. Oh, I see. Okay, so because they play a, they've they've played more of a, um, little bit more of a uh, balanced schedule. So now they play two games against every Eastern Conference team. They play three games against every Central Division team and three or four games against every Pacific Division team. And when you got 32 teams now, so four is the max. That's why last year they only had three, which should never happen again. At the very least, they should mandate that Calgary and Edmonton play four times a year. You don't need to rotate through and make it fair. The Flames and Oilers, the Habs and Maple Leafs, the Kings and Ducks, right? Like the, 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 the Florida and Tampa, Philly and New York, these teams should play four times a year, period. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for explaining that to me because I was I was wondering why it was so little, but uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You know what? Great praise for Huska and the coaching staff this year. Um, you know, I like Huska. He, he's a very even keel guy, and I think a team like this needs that. And uh, especially this year, in spite of all the UFA trade talks and you know, bringing the new uh, young guys up and everything like that. I think he's been, I think he's done a really good job with this team. Um, so I, I don't know what your thought is about that, but uh, I, I like Huska and what he's doing so far. Um, I think he's but. done a really good job, Pars. I've, I've been really impressed. The thing that has been most impressive to me is just how he's, he, look, I, I, there's some, um, systematic things that that they need to work on going forward. I think that they uh, are, are nowhere near as good defensively as they were under Daryl Sutter. Um, I think that that is a, an area that's going to need some work going forward. I, I think some of their defensive metrics would show that they're um, a, a little further back than where they were last year. Uh, but for the most part, they've done a good job of blocking out noise they've done a good Mm -hmm. job of you know not 
I, I just I've, I've really liked how there's been that next game up mentality, and yeah. I think by doing that and always having them focused on the the next task at hand has kept things from getting too overly negative, has kept things from feeling too heavy. Uh, I think he's done a really nice job in in being mm-hmm. able to keep things even keel would be the best way I would I would phrase it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, no. So far, I'm I'm in, I'm very impressed with him. And I, I like you said, there are things that they got to clean up. But uh, hands down, to, you know, they they've had a lot on their minds this year. You know, between Zadorov, like it's it just seems like it's never ending. So he he's done a good job keeping everyone focused and like you said, the next game mentality. So I think he's done really good there. Uh, same as Vladar tonight, 100% full marks, um, especially against a high-octane offense like Edmonton. Um, even after getting blindsided with that, well, not blindsided, but he got smacked there. I, I was surprised there wasn't a penalty, but I I don't uh, want to get into that. But uh, Or at least a whistle. Or something. Like, I, I was just sitting there with my hands up going, what's going on here? Like, okay, but it is what it is, but you don't want to – you don't want to challenge it because you don't want those guys on the power play either. So I kind of get that side of things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Kadri again, what a game. I mean, he set the tone. What a veteran leader this guy is. And he's been so consistent all this year. I think he's having a great year. And, you know, same with Pospisil. You know, he keeps doing Pospisil things. And, you know, I, I thought Huberto also had a, a great game on both sides of the puck. You know, I love seeing his gritty side. You know, I, I and I think he's been about a point per game for like the last twenty games or so, Pat. I, I think he's. Been, uh, I think he because he had two tonight, so I think he's at twenty-one in his last twenty-two. Okay, so he's close. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, by hey, far, by far the best run he's had oh, since joining the Flames. No, no, yeah. like not close. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you were to ask me right now, hey, would you trade his contract for Goudreau's? I'd say no. You know. Hubie brings way more intangibles to the ice, I feel like. And um, Coleman, wow, what a game. What a beast. Um, I thought uh, he had a great game, too. I mean, such a great all-around player. Um, Again, veteran presence leader. Um, I was hoping for the Gordie Howe hat-trick for him tonight, Pat. (laughs) I just needed uh, an assist, I guess, hey? That's it. That's it, yeah. My favorite part of the game was definitely watching him starfishing McDavid on that huge hit. I mean, it looked like McDavid was in the circus ride. And um, uh, I guess lastly, uh, Hannah Finn, I guess that's his last game in the battle over Alberta, so... Unless, unless unless something drastically changes, unless he has a change of heart, which I, I, I don't think is going to happen. I, yeah, you're probably – I never yeah. thought of it like that, but that is probably his last game in the Battle of Alberta, yep. Yeah, I'm about 1090 on that one, but uh, you know what? At the end of the day, he plays. I, I'd be not, I, I'm I'm like 99.9. It would be it would be it would be an absolute stunner. I would be floored yeah, no if, hey, if that were to happen. But you know what? Throw it all the chatter. He played great for us, and he keeps continuing to play great for us. I think he's not done reaching his ceiling yet. So good on him. And guess what? I'm going to Kiprasov's luncheon on March 1st. Oh, I'm nice. on the guest list, buddy. Nice. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. 
you oh, and you I, will enjoy it. You will you will see plenty of familiar faces there. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So other than that, uh, you have yourself a good night, okay? All right, Pars, be well, buddy. You too. Uh, the phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 tonight. Flames take a 6-3 win over the Edmonton Oilers here at Rogers Place as our Flames Talk postgame show continues. Got a few lines open. If you want to jump in, now's the time to do so. 403-240-4444. And, and up next. What's up, buddy? Good evening, buddy. Happy Sunday. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, good, Gil. Tonight, definitely one of the political intense and fun Butler of Alberta games I've been to. Or uh, actually, I didn't go, but uh, one of the Battle of Alberta fun games I have seen, I should say, because I was at the last one where we lost 3-1. Uh, but that was fun too. But this was more intense and fun to watch. Uh, yeah, no, Hannafin looked great tonight uh, with the two goals. Yeah, hopefully, like you're saying, maybe this will be the last Battle of Alberta he sees our place. So we'll see and keep an eye out on that. Yeah, great start by Kadri as well. I love his uh, leadership and enthusiasm. And the name in Martin Postfessel, that line continues to be fantastic with Zari as well. I did notice that Postfessel was the one who got the 1,000 goal of the Battle of Alberta between Edmonton and Flames. So that is a fun little statistics to note. Uh, next one, Huberdo. Uh, he continues to improve every game, like two points tonight, a couple of good hits and everything. And one other point I want to give credit to Doher as well. I think he's improving with uh, Dryden Hunt in the line and uh, other few changes. So like how he's revamping and coming back strong. Uh, even Braden Pahal, uh, he looks great with Oliver Shillington, and he's one of the defenders that we don't talk much about, but a uh, good sneaky uh, weaver pick from uh, Craig Conroy, I would say. And then our power play was fantastic too. Dan Blader was amazing. Uh, now a couple of questions for you. Uh, so first one, what do you think? So if uh, we were talking about Chris of trade, do you think he will have an interest to go to Seattle Kraken and play with his brother? Um, I mean, I, I, I think that he might. I just don't know if that's a team that would be acquiring him at the deadline. Like Seattle's essentially in the same position Calgary is on the outside looking in for a playoff spot. I think Seattle's five back after tonight. So I don't know if Seattle would be the type of team acquiring him at the deadline. That's all. Okay, gotcha. And do we have maybe an idea uh, surrounding Hannafin yet? What team he might go to? I think I, I think there are some teams that are. I, I think there's probably ten, eleven, twelve teams that are interested in him. Um, but part of the problem here is that the Flames aren't going to get as much on a rental for Hannafin as they are on a re-side. It, it feels like this is a little bit different than Lindholm. For whatever reason, um, teams were a little bit more willing to pay high prices for Lindholm as a rental as opposed to Hannafin as a rental. It sounds like teams are only offering big-time packages if there's going to be a re-side, and part of the problem is Hannafin gets a choice in that. So I wonder a little bit, about the the price they're going to get for him but i'm i I, the the thing that's really interesting is 
can Conroy find a fit that Hannafin will be okay extending with? And the teams that I, I wonder about, I, I wonder about Florida, I wonder about Tampa, I wonder about Boston. Those are three teams that have come to mind a number of times when thinking about Hannafin. Can any of those teams come up with a package that that is really really good i think the answer is yes i think boston would probably lead that way so those are those are three teams that i think you could see him with i also wonder a little bit about detroit i wonder about dallas i wonder about toronto like either but i think the three teams that i'm most interested in are tampa bay florida and uh and boston Andre, gotcha yeah, I'm just also going to be curious when we return back on Tuesday to see uh, if Chris Michael feels better, where he'll fit in, because all almost the all four lines today look fantastic uh, as well. Uh, my final off-topic question for you, because uh, I told my family that you were invested in like cricket. Uh, just curious to know if you have an IPL favorite team and a cricket player. Um, okay, so the the I got, I'm not going to remember his name. I have not watched in a few years. I'm not. He played for the West Indies team, um, and now I and he he played IPL as well. You might need to help me. Um, okay, so, yeah. If you give me a little bit of information, I can try. Yeah. So he was he was West. He's like one of the best West Indies player ever. Uh, I think he's from uh, I, I think he's from uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, play. He definitely played IPL. I don't remember what team he played for, though. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna find. Uh, I'm gonna find out, though. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go and work it out and and um, see if by the time we're done this call, if I can remember. Okay, maybe I'm gonna say Chris Gale is my guest. Yes. From... Yes. Yep. Nope. Yep. That's it. Chris yeah? Gales. Okay, Chris, okay, yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's him. That is him. Yeah. You nailed okay. it. That's well done by you, buddy. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Okay, good to know. All right. Yeah, yeah he was a player of my favorite team as well. He, yeah, he played for a couple of teams, including the Royal Challenges Bangalore. So, yeah. All right. Good to know. All right. Have a uh, good night, Patty. Thanks so much for the chat. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday when we play the LA Kings. Thank you, Anna. And good to hear from you, buddy. Uh, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Flames win 6-3 over the Edmonton Oilers here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. And once again, the tone setter, Nazem Kadri scores at 202 to make it one nothing. He was engaged emotionally from puck drop, and that carried on through 60 minutes. This guy is continually dragging the Calgary Flames into the fight. Nazem Kadri has been dynamite uh, this year as a member of the Flames. Let's hear from him after his 21st goal and a 6-3 Flames win over the Edmonton Oilers. I'd imagine wins don't come more satisfying than that. Yeah, that's uh, you know that's the pack mentality right there that we, we've been preaching about. So, uh, you know, character win in a tough building against a good team feels uh, feels good. How did you guys feel about your first period? Uh, excellent. One of our best periods, I'd say, um, throughout the course of the night. Tried to come out and set the tone. That's something we've been trying to focus on the last uh, you know, few games, and you know, it's certainly been working. That second learned? period was pretty eventful. Can you kind of describe how you were able to weather the storm? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, you're, you're on the road. There's going to be a pushback at some point. You just got to, you know, bend and not break. They had some good opportunities. Vladdy was, 
you know, elite when he had to uh, make some big saves for us. And, um, you know, we were able to score some timely goals again, which was uh, good to see. What have you learned about this group, Nazem, given the past three games where you've beaten elite teams? No quit. No quit. That's just as uh, simple as it is. You've talked often about how team with that pushback and you guys have handled those moments really really well over the last like several weeks this continues absolutely and uh you know even more of a challenge on the road in uh you know a rowdy building we knew the hype around the game saturday nc oilers so uh you know i think uh we, we got some nerves of steel in here and we, we, we gotta continue to you know stay on that do, do you feel like you're embracing the role of underdog a little bit in, in these matchups, like, like, do you guys feel like you're playing with a chip on your shoulder in, in those instances? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think we look at it that way. I think, uh, you know, we have confidence and belief in ourselves that we can, uh, you know, we, we don't see ourselves as underdogs, even though, you know, other people might. I think we go into each game, we try to play uh, our brand of hockey, and, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a, a great brand so far. The last couple of weeks. What does it say about these youngsters and Zeri and, and uh, Possible both that pretty big games? Sure. Uh, continue to, uh, you know, excel and uh, grow. I think that's that's really what it comes down to is growth as a young player. And um, you can't experience these type of moments. You can't simulate the, these type of things in the summer and practice. So you have to actually go through it. And uh, they've been doing a great job. Did you see Zari's move on that uh, on that pass? And if so, what did you think of it? Um, was that Hannafin's goal? Yeah. yeah. On the power play? Yeah, great vision. Great vision. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a great playmaker. So, you know, he's... Uh, you know, I tell him sometimes he's got a little too much poise out there. I think, but you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's great to see him. You know, have that confidence to to make these uh, you know, great plays. Can you take us through that goal you scored in the first period, and what was it like just setting the tone for the for your team in that first period? Yeah, that, that was huge. I mean, to come out and uh, obviously jump on a team that played last night. Um, I think that was a, a focus, of course, uh, like any other game, and. Um, you know, just we were able to play some great defense and force a turnover and uh, just had a foot race up the middle of the ice. Walker made a great pass, and I just tried to tip it in the, the, the top corner. Can you talk like, about the night that Noah Hannafin had? I mean, his job is not necessarily to put up the points and the goals, mm-hmm. but to shut down the opposition. Yeah, he's been, he's been key for us, I think. Uh, you know, just playing both ends of the ice, obviously some big minutes. And, you know, he's got an offensive flair as well, and we encourage him to use that. And, uh, you know... He can make a great first pass, and uh, you know he's all over it tonight. It, it seems like you and Evander have a little bit of a rivalry. Can you take us into those final moments of the game? Uh, yeah, just playing hard, playing hard. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, I'm uh, I'm not trying to go out there and take any L's. You know, I don't, I don't want to lose, and uh, it's just the heat of the battle, competitive nature. It's uh, is what it is. No, Nazem Kadri, he is checking those boxes and then some every single night another dynamite game for number 91 he picks up his 21st of the season as part of a 6-3 win over the edmonton oilers it's your flames talk post game show steinberg along with you let's select tonight's player with heart brought to you by heart fit clinic and uh, tonight we're going at jonathan huberdo huberdo had two assists in this game uh he had four shot attempts Three of those attempts were scoring chances. Two of them were high danger. I thought Huberdeau was pretty dangerous, pretty dynamic tonight. 
two more points. He's got 21 in his last 22. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, big night for him against the Oilers. Best he's ever looked in this rivalry. And Jonathan Huberto is your player with heart tonight, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. It is last call for phone calls at 403-240-4444. If you want to get in, now's the time to do so, 403-240-4444, or the text line's open at 960-960. Tonight's game has been brought to you by Self Point Toyota. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time tonight following a 6-3 win. And Nazem Kadri, we just heard from, he's been driving that line with Connor Zary and Martin Pospisil. Pospisil scored a goal tonight, and Zary with two primary assists. He was dangerous all night. Let's hear from Connor Zary post-game inside the Flames locker room. That was a pretty sick pass uh, on Hafen's goal there. Just what was going through your head, Connor, during that? Yeah, I think we just we got them moving moving pretty well and uh, kind of got them out of sorts and then came to me. I was kind of looking to shoot, and I was just trying to make it kind of seem like I was going to shoot, and I was able to kind of find a seam there to, to Hanny. And a nice pass on the possible goal as well. What did you see in that play? Yeah, I kind of saw we were regrouping a little bit, and, and uh, Hall put it up to me and I kind of just tried to draw a guy in and kind of got two guys to bite and I just put it put it through pause he had all that speed and a hell of a shot and also he tells you that you have too much poise out there sometimes what do you think about that uh, yeah they said that to me on the bench earlier when I later in the period and I kind of tripped nurse up a little bit and I told him I was uh uh I was kind of looking around making sure the ref didn't call a penalty before I <laughs> before I passed to him and he said you had too much poise there so kind of laughed about that one on the bench <laughs> Connor, two points is two points no matter who you get it from. But does this one mean, is it a little more satisfying the way you came into this building tonight? Yeah, it feels really good. I think we, we need wins uh, no matter what, no matter who we're playing, no matter where it is. Uh, so so it's huge for us. I think they came into our building a month ago and, and kind of took control of that game right from the start. And I think we wanted to kind of come back here and, and do the same to them. So uh, I think we're successful at that and, and, and keep building and pushing forward off these last few games. Can you talk about the importance uh, of a role that like Noah Hannafin plays in a night like this where the key is to shut down their big guns? Yeah, he's, he's incredible. You see him see him every night, his smooth skating, his hair flowing through the wind. Um, <laughs> no, he's, he, he's so good. He plays uh, plays against the top line almost every night, him and Tanny, and he, they do an incredible job, and, and, and they're really uh, a backbone back there, and, and, they, and they do so well at shutting things down and, and then creating offense. They, they play such a hard two-way game, and, and uh, especially Hanny, you see the type of game he plays tonight and on the biggest stages when, when we need wins, so it's huge for us. Since uh, the All-Star break, you guys have gone to some tough buildings and came up with uh, some points. What's working for you guys so well on the road lately? Yeah, I think just that same mentality. It doesn't matter who we're playing, where we're playing. We need these points, and, and it's really important as we get into this last month and a half stretch here to, to get those points and, and get those wins. Uh, doesn't matter if we're playing the top team league or, or a team near the bottom. It, we have to play the same way, and we have to have that mentality. That's Connor Zary post-game. Two more assists for him as he keeps himself in the Calder Trophy conversation as the Flames take a 6-3 win over the Oilers here at Rogers Place. That's the uh, one road game in a stretch of eight for the Flames. They had a four-game homestand. This game here in Edmonton, they're back in Calgary for a three-game homestand that starts on Tuesday. It's time to look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use 
use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. And next up to uh, kick off that three-game homestand is Tuesday against the Los Angeles Kings, who won on Saturday night 3-2 in a shootout over the Anaheim Ducks. So they'll stay uh, with their comfortable cushion on the Flames in the Pacific Division playoff and wild card conversation as well. It'll be the second of four meetings between the Flames and Kings this season. L.A. took the first one 5-3 right before Christmas on December 23rd. Calgary 4-2-2 two two in their last eight head-to-head meetings with the Kings. That goes back to the start of the 21-22 season. So that is Tuesday at 7 o'clock on Sportsnet West. Next game after that is Mika Kiprasov night on Saturday at the Dome. One week from today, uh, that is March 2nd against the Pittsburgh Penguins as Mika Kiprasov will have his jersey retired and then the homestand wraps up against the seattle kraken on monday of next week so in about nine days time that'll be a 7 30 face-off against the kraken that is your looking ahead segment looking ahead brought to you by oncolytics biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer visit oncolytics biotech Okay, back to the text line we go at 969-64. A few more texts before we wrap things up on our Flames Talk postgame show. Uh, this reads, what a game. Fun to watch the Oilers so overwhelmed, then turn into salty, sore losers when they couldn't come back. It's too bad Hannafin won't stay. Uh, this says uh, from Johnny and Milrise, Pat, Chris Gale is Jamaican. That was an awesome call. Love the cricket reference. Yeah, if you're uh, wondering, if you're listening live and wondering what I'm talking about, uh, Anand, one of our regulars, asked me because we talked a little bit about uh, cricket on uh, on that would have been Thursday's show, and he just said, who's my favorite player? And I was like, oh, I can't remember his name. Now, I, I'm not like a diehard cricket fan. I don't have a team or anything like that. Um, but I, I, I quite enjoy the sport, and I've gotten into it over the last seven, eight years or so, and uh, and I could not remember his name. Chris Gale uh, from Kingston, Jamaica. I, I said uh, I thought he was from Trinidad and Tobago. He's one of the best West Indies players of all time, and, and in the international cricket circuit, um, they, they have the amalgamation of a few different countries in that area of the world who go under the West Indies banner. And, yeah, and and, and, and nailed it. I was like, he West Indies player, played in the IPL, the Indian Premier League. He goes, oh, Chris Gale? He nailed it. Attaboy, Anand. Uh, so there you go. Appreciate the clarification. Uh, this says... Uh, from Greg in Varsity, we know that next season's opening night roster is going to be different than the team we've watched the past two months, but if there's one thing I hope this dressing room can carry forward is this team's resiliency and mental toughness. Um, that comes from Greg in Varsity. This reads, uh, great callers so far tonight, some real genuine Flames fans. Love the insight I'm hearing. Keep it up, as always. Um, love our, our regular callers and everybody who's jumped in on this Saturday. This says Pat was also at the game tonight. Great win for the boys. Watching Hannafin live was special. He's taken some big steps this year and has much more confidence with the puck. Hope he reconsiders and signs long term. If that's going to happen, it's got to happen in the next 12 days. I'm not holding my breath for it, but... It would sure be a story. I'll say that much. Uh, as for um, the steps he's taken, absolutely. Never seen him more confident with the uh, puck on his stick. I, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. 
Uh, this is all I can say is the Flames were the real pros tonight, outclassed and outchanced the Oilers all night. This one means a lot, a perfect example of why we should be proud to be Flames fan uh, fans. Mike in the Yukon says, wow, is that D pair ever going to be missed? If a contender can somehow grab Hannafin and Tanev together, look out. I love how the boys handled themselves in the physical department tonight and loved how they set the tone emotionally from the get-go. Leave it to Kane and Nurse to start wandering around like bullies once Lucic is gone. Uh, give me Greer back in the lineup for one of those spicy ones. Uh, too many names to list tonight for more than above average performances from the Flames. Good to see Huberto have some growl in a meaningful one. Um, heads up, Pat, the gang at Flames Talk and the fan has now officially converted a diehard Leafs fan co-worker of mine. Shout out, Grant. Keep up the good work. Grant, welcome aboard. Welcome to the Flames Talk family, and I'm glad we converted you to a, a much better team to cheer for. I like that. Well done. Uh, Grant, welcome aboard. Uh, thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, this says, I'm just happy to see the grit and determination they showed tonight. Much better than the outdoor game when Kane said, what are any of you going to do? Well, tonight it seems they did something. It was awesome. Rick in Lakeview says, great night, Pat. This team deserves better than to have number 25 traded before next season. Full stop. Good to see some truculence, but I contend size and physicality still very much need to be addressed. Great week following monster letdown games. Keep going, boys. Uh, this uh, from Leanne Coleman showed amazing leadership bravo to the boys and vladar is not one to be overlooked great win flames sam writes that was a banger loved cadre coleman for getting under the skin of the oilers it's by no means a long-term solution to have hunt on the sharon govich line but he definitely provides a bit of sandpaper what was your feel on pelche's return to the lineup also with four remaining games left before the trade deadline do you see hannafin and tanev running the gauntlet or do they get scratched say after two I um on on the Pelche front thought he was okay thought he was fine it was definitely um it was definitely his first game back after missing four there was definitely some moments there I still think that you know maybe that final game in Florida uh, I believe they go into Tampa on March seventh. Maybe that game, if they're not traded, we don't see Hannafin or Tanev play, so maybe one game I could see. I can't see much more than that, unless a trade is imminent. If, if a trade's imminent and, and within a game of happening, then sure. But otherwise, yeah, I, I, I would think maybe that game in Tampa Bay on March 7th would be it. Um, this says, I seriously, seriously think this team's a star or two away from contending. That's all they need, they have the goaltending, they have the defense, they have four solid lines, they just need that game breaker. Of course, that's easier said than done to come by. Uh, this says, um, Vladar not one of the stars nor the hardest working flame. I guess there were plenty of good players tonight. For me, Vladar jumped in against the juggernaut team of the season and gets the win. Some very timely saves that kept the flames' momentum going. I guess I'll be the one to give Vladdy the honorary star. Thanks, Vladdy. That comes from Stephanie in Varsity. The only thing I would say, Steph, is that um, I didn't choose the stars, so you can't be mad at me for not choosing one of the stars. They chose the stars in-house here at Rogers Place, so you can't get mad at me. Please don't be mad at me. Uh, Rob in Calgary says, how about this trade scenario for Hannafin? We know he wants to go to the U.S., but we've got to believe he'd also like a shot at the Cup with this Flames team. The guy seems to genuinely care for each other. The guys seem to genuinely care for each other again, and they're coming together at the best time. We sign him with the promise to trade him after the season. We also get a sign and trade. Your thoughts? 
unlikely. That's never happened before. Look, I get people trying to twist themselves or or twisting themselves in knots, trying to come up with scenarios where Hannafin stays. I just, I think you need to, well, I, I'm, I'm very confident that you need to prepare yourself for him being elsewhere between now and the deadline. And if that changes, then that's something to celebrate and be happy about. But I, I think you should be preparing yourself. Alex says, I think the most impressive part of the game was after the Oilers scored the second goal. I really liked the pushback physically from the Flames, and they never collapsed. This is probably the least effective number 29 and 97 have looked against the Flames. Impressive W. And finally from Ash, I thought both Hunt and Pahal had their best games. It's Flames. Shillington's decent production is providing some hope that he can at least replace some of Hannafin's offense. Finally, I still think Sharon Govich should play with Codring in favor of Pospisil, who I believe would be just as effective on the fourth line in favor of Dewar. Bring up Jones to center Huberdeau. If I recall correctly, there were a few games that Sharon Govich played on the Kadri line and he was effective thoughts. Uh, Ash, I'm, I'm, I completely disagree and I, you're a regular texter so I love you. We're just not on the same page on this one. I ain't breaking up Kadri, Pospisil and Zeri. I'm just not. So I would not do that. I'm not bringing up Jones to center that line myself at this point. So I, I would not be going down that road personally. That's your text line at 960-960. Let's get back to the phone lines. A few more calls before we wrap things up on our Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. 6-3, your final. Flames beat the Edmonton Oilers. Travis is up next. What's up, Travis? Hey, Fatty. First of all, I just want to say the Oilers suck and go Flames go. I was at the game tonight, and uh, I was very happy to be chirping. So... I was thinking um, about you when they won this game. I know that you uh, you don't get these very often, so happy for you, buddy. Yeah, and no, I have season seats, so I'm always at all in at the, at, for the Oilers to lose, and nothing better than watching the Flames beat them tonight and uh, chirping as much as I can, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, that's a big win, win by the Flames tonight. It was a very good pushback by them. Um, <clears throat> you know, Coleman just right, right in the in the thick of the game tonight. And that, that was beautiful to see. Big hit on McDavid, fights, Jan Mark, um, just really involved. In, and the team in, in general is pretty involved tonight. So, you know, you really like to see that because obviously we don't have that tough guy anymore. But, um, you know, this day and age, it's sometimes more about team toughness. And I think Agreed. the fans showed that tonight. Yep. Right? Um. Obviously, I'd love uh, – it's never going to happen. It's all hypothetical, but I'd love to see Reeves coming in and just punch Kane right in his face because Kane really gets under my skin. You'd love to but, see who? Uh, Ryan Reeves. Oh, you know, playing oh. Just to punch Kane in his face, but that's probably not happening. But uh, <laughs> I just – I know those two have a pretty bitter rivalry, <laughs> and Kane just really gets under my skin. So, <clears throat> But uh, – yeah, you know, it, it was bittersweet watching Hannafin. He had a great game tonight, and uh, it, it's uh, it's going to be a big loss for this team. But uh, I don't think – I know a lot of people have these hope, hopes and dreams of him somehow staying, but I, I would say it's pretty locked and loaded that he's leaving. So <clears throat> I think we're going to have to get used to uh, the Flames without him in tennis, unfortunately. But, um, you know, it's still all for the better good of the team. Um, 
you know, we're still a mediocre playoff team at best. Um, hopefully we can make it. I still don't think we probably will, but, um, you know, with those players. So, you know, I think the team transitioning and heading in the direction they are is uh, better for the Flames anyways. Yep. I hear you. You know, um, I think, I uh, just think what Conrad can do at this deadline, because I'd say he's probably holding two of the biggest pieces, if not maybe three, if, if you consider Markson in there. Um, at this deadline, I think, um, you know, that's that's not something we're used to. It's not something uh, that the Flames usually will get done at the deadline or even think about doing. So I think at this point, I think um, this is going to happen. And, um, you know, maybe... You think what's going to happen? Well, all, all these players are going to get dealt for younger and... and um, just like a different direction than we're used to. We're usually trying to buy or, you know, <clears throat> we're, we're usually not trading players a way to get younger and picks and prospects. and Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. They, they've, they've chosen their direction and they're, they're sticking with it. Yeah. And <clears throat> so it's, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really excited to see what we can get in a turn and, and, um, <clears throat> I know maybe some insiders out there say there's not a huge market for Hamilton, but after watching him play tonight, and I know it's not like oh, it's not that there's things. it's not that there's not a huge market, Trav. It's that there's I think there is plenty of interest in him. It's just there's not necessarily a huge market of teams he's willing or or ready to re-sign with. Fair enough. <clears throat> But as a rental, I guess rentals go for big packages at certain times, anyways. No. Or yeah, I just think you, especially with Hannafin's age, you would get more for him if you got a re-sign as part of it. No, that's totally fair. Totally fair. Um, you know. <clears throat> also, uh, yeah, and you know, <laughs> I always think if our power play was just a tad better throughout this season. I wonder if any of these decisions would be different for some of these players. Because if we had a, a middle-of-the-pack power play, I would say this team would be firmly in a playoff spot at this point, no? <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely – I mean, it, it actually, it looked pretty good tonight. But, yeah, it's been a problem for them for most of the season, for sure. Yeah, like I think we're 29th on the power play. <laughs> we're yeah. 15, 10 to 15. How many more points and wins could have we had at this point? Yep, it's not been good. I hear you. <laughs> it is, it's been atrocious. But uh, was Kuzmenko actually sick, or do you think that was more of a coach's decision? I know. Oh, no, he was. He was. He was sick. I believe they sent him home to to Calgary prior to the game. Oh, did they? Yeah, it's so. And you know, another thing with this team, it's so funny how we can get up to play the good teams, but. Uh, Unfortunately, the last couple of seasons we've really struggled playing the. the, the no, I haven't heard season. anything about this. What are you talking <laughs> and, about? You know, it, 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 it's just so weird to see at times, and I don't know why it happens or, or like the rhyme or the reason to it, but it, it's just frustrating because how many times have we lost to Chicago, Columbus, and I you know, know. That, that's another portion of this team. If the last couple of seasons they could just get those wins, they probably would have made the playoffs last year. 
And this year, I think we'd be maybe having a little bit different conversation because <laughs> we they just showed they just played three good teams. I know Edmonton, I think, just played three games of four nights, but but uh, you know they just played three pretty solid games back to back. They've been so I, streaky. I, I, Trev, Trev, of course we we <laughs> I know it's what the <laughs> we've been talking about it all week. Yeah, it uh, it just uh, blows my mind, man. But uh, it's a pretty big guy, you know, seven to whatever, how many days till the, till the deadline days. here? And I, 12, 12 days. days, and it's, yeah. it's the new, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, it, it's funny, I seen someone post on Twitter today just about kind of last time we sold off to all the different players and kind of what we got returned. You know, well, so the, far, again, Travis, it's, it's so far, I, I, I've seen some things on that too. So far, it's it's better already better with the Lindholm trade and the Toffoli trade and the Zadorov trade. So they're already in, in a better spot. Oh yeah, no, no, I, at that I, time, I so. and I, I actually I have a lot of faith in Connor and I think Connor is a very smart yeah. smart man. So I have, I have a lot of faith in what he's about to do and um and um <clears throat> so I think that's good. And uh but but really these next few trades are gonna really reshape the franchise yep. um for the future and I I, I, I'm still pretty confident in the next few years this, this team could really be built into something that uh, I think we'd be very excited as fans as. Um, Trav, we got to move on. No, we got we got to wrap up. Okay, yeah, thanks, buddy. You have a good night, buddy. We'll talk yeah, soon. Uh, just because we're we're going long, we still got some colors to get to. Yeah, you know, I love no, you, buddy. No, we'll no talk soon. All good. Yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah. thanks, Trav. Uh, let's say hello to Clayton. What's going on, Clayton? Oh, it's so nice to be talking about uh, Flames after a game in Edmonton after they won, isn't it? It's um, it feels a little different, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I'd like to talk about uh, Markstrom. Well, sure. Actually, I'd like to I'd like to move off Markstrom and say that I really am hoping that we can find a guy that can lay a tuning on Evander Kane. The, uh, there's uh, I, we, he really needs a guy to say, hey, you can't bully us anymore. I uh, the, the, uh, there's I'm watching uh, Sportsnet and all they're showing is him uh, sticking uh, Rasmus and, and face rubs and, and just running roughshod over us, and he don't deserve it. He's not. He's a great player, but he's not. He can't do that to us. But back to back to Markstrom. Mm-hmm. There's, we would probably get great, great returns off Markstrom, and I think it'd be the worst thing in the world. My reasoning for that is that we gave him six by six because we felt that he was worthy of of that, and I don't, and I think the Flames are worthy of having a great goalie. Uh, if you have, we're going to get rid of two of our, of probably the NHL's uh, top pairing defensemen which means we're going to have to bring in uh, people who of lesser quality. Uh, we're going to have kids. You know, I just want to, to jump in. Them. I just want to jump in quickly there, Clayton. And I just want to clarify that the Flames aren't trying to get rid of Jacob Markstrom here. So this isn't a situation where the Flames are like, we don't want Markstrom. That's not what this is. What this is is that there is one specific team who very much has been dialed in on Jacob Markstrom 
since November. That team's the New Jersey Devils, and and there's a belief that maybe they they still could get themselves into a situation where they, they could offer what it's going to take to pry them out of Calgary. So this is not a situation where the Flames are saying, we're shopping Jacob, we, we don't want him here anymore, it's time to move on. It's, it's a very specific situation, and they are – looking to extract a very strong price for him so that's that's number one and number two i hear what you're saying about you know they signed him and he came here to win and all that type of stuff he's 34 years old he's got two years left on his contract and he wants to win a stanley cup and and wants to win a stanley cup badly wants to be on a team that competes and if the flames are trading as you just talked about a very good pairing which they're going to be and if the flames are pivoting which they are then I think there's a very good chance that Jacob Markstrom looks at it and says, I've got a better chance of competing and being in a spot where um, I'm, I'm, you know, a, a play on a, on a playoff contending team by going elsewhere. So this is not just, first of all, it's not at all the Flames saying we don't want this guy. It's also not a situation where, um they're they're just trying to move him out there's there's also the player here that you need to i think take into account too no actually i don't i don't take into account because i look at these young pups and if you've ever played in front of a bad goalie and i'm not saying uh, but what if he doesn't want to be here clayton that's my point well well he's he's uh, i look at him and he's a professional He's getting paid $6 million to be a professional. And if he can stay one more year while, while our young pups get the confidence so that they're playing high quality rather than worried about whether or not – because they're going to make mistakes. And if we if there's somebody that nobody is disputing – Clayton, nobody's disputing your logic. Your logic is very sound. It's just that if Jacob doesn't have a desire to be a part of a rebuilding team, what are you going to do? Well, they well, but that never come from Markstrom. He's he's he's. Ever, if you don't want me, sure, I'll sign. I'll go someplace else. But he never has asked anybody. Not that we can tell. All it came about is is that a team that is two points further behind us, that's five points out of a playoff spot than we are, has made a comment about Markstrom. No, I'm not. Like, I'm not suggesting they, they, that he's they, asked they, out. They, I'm not. Craig Gretzky. Of course, anybody can be traded for the right number, but let's face it: like who, who in the world would want to go after a top shelf goalie when they are further out of the playoffs than we are? Clayton, I, I can't, I can't answer the hypotheticals. All I know is that New Jersey's interested in him and has been for a long time, and that. I think they're going to have a conversation if they don't trade him by the deadline and if the jersey thing doesn't come through. I think that they are going to have a conversation with Jacob this summer to see where he, what his mindset is and if he's okay with the direction and wants to stay or if not. And I just, all I'm saying is that at the very least, I would prepare yourself for him not being here next season. And I'm not suggesting that that's a guarantee. And I'm also not suggesting that there's no guarantee he would. That, that he wouldn't want to stay. All I'm saying is that I know how much Jacob Markstrom is about winning, and 
I think that this is just something that that might end up being um, part of the equation for next year. And and, and, and we can't even really argue about that. But if you're playing in the NHL, you are all about winning, regardless. Yes, but if you've got a better chance to win elsewhere and a team's going in a different direction, you can also say, you know, it might be better for all of us if there's a trade. And then if that's the case then the Flames absolutely would be going about trying to trade him because you typically don't go forward with guys who would rather be elsewhere. That's that's all but, I'm but saying. Couldn't, 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 wouldn't, as, as a Flame manager, wouldn't you be more impressed uh, to turn your team around in two years rather than four or six? Because if, if you give the kids – the opportunity to realize that they can go. Wait, we're not. We're we're arguing it. different points. It like your your logic is sound. I agree with your logic, but also if Markstrom would rather be elsewhere, I think that you need to um, you need to think about accommodating that. That's that's have, all. Have, we're gonna. Have, have you heard that Markstrom doesn't want to be here? I think there is a good chance that when they have a conversation with him, that he would be open to change if they're going to be pivoting. Well that's, that, well, that's where we're going with this. If we don't have the conversation with him, then he's happy being here. I get right? that they're going to have the con. They, they will have the conversation with him because that's just prudent. If the if the if the numbers anyway, right, Clayton, Clay, we're just arguing semantics now. Let's let's move on to another topic. We're going to bang our heads against the wall here. I guess I guess the thing I'm really happy about with Conroy is he's bringing back pieces rather than draft picks, just draft picks and getting them as well. Because I look at draft picks and the, the math says that one in 10 makes the NHL. Then it, you, you take a, you know, like when we when we got Shillington and Rasmus Anderson the same year, how many mm-hmm. years did it take them to season before they became what they are now? Like if, if we just, everybody Agreed. thought, well, let's, let's get draft picks, let's get draft picks, let's get draft picks. Man, oh man, we're looking at six, eight years. Yeah, and and, and James, we got to uh, sorry, not Clay. Uh, James is up next. Clayton, we got to uh, we got to move on here. But yeah, and and I Fair think enough. that is going to be that is going to be part of the continued plan of attack for the Flames too. I think you'll be seeing more of that with some of the deals that get made here. Um, and let's just. Let's just not even include Markstrom in that. With the with the Hannafin and Tanev deals, I think that at least in one of those, you'll be seeing something similar. Great talking to you, Pat. You as well, Clayton. Be well, hey. All right. Bye-bye. See you, man. Uh, let's say hello to James. What's going on, James? Hey, yeah. Hey, Pat. How are you doing tonight? Good, brother. How are you? Good. I was just going to ask you, what do you think you can get for Hannafin and... Uh... And and Tanner, two first round. Maybe I I think the 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 question is: Are the Flames going to be able to extract a first round pick for Tanev? I think there's a possibility, but not a guarantee. But I still think you'll get a decent return for Tanev. I, I think at worst you'll get a second round pick and something else. Um, as for a Hannafin. It's all dependent on whether or not a team re-signs him. I think you will be getting a first-round pick at minimum for him. It's more just what else on top of the first-round pick when it comes to Hannafin, and that's going to be dependent on if they can find a team who is 
that he's okay with re-signing or, or extending with and is is offering the, the right type of return, you know? Yeah, and I was also going to ask you, is there a possibility if they can't get a first-rounder for Tanev, would they just keep him? I don't think so. I think regardless, we're going to be seeing um, them trade those guys away. Okay. And then, and then if New Jersey happens to come around again and they want Markstrom, uh, that's also like a uh, – so that's also like a – uh, a first-round pick, too, right? Potentially, yeah. We could be in a good position. <laughs> could be some real nice future future pieces for sure. All right. Well, I, did, well, I just want to. Yeah, I would. I would. I would just curious what's going to happen. And I just want to say thank you to you. To you, you've got a great show, and you have an awesome night. And thank you for all you do. You're a great soundboard to us fans. Thanks so much. Thank you, James. Good to hear from you, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks, buddy. And our uh, last call tonight goes to Bryce again. What's going on, Bryce? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's about time they beat the Edmonton Oilers. It's been so long since they did that. Yep, agreed. <laughs> yeah, that was a awesome display at the beginning of that game. That was incredible. Like they said, why couldn't they do that against weaker teams? Like, it's really weird up and down. And then, like, but it's nice that the first line is doing good with Cadre's line. Like, that was pretty awesome to see. Yeah. It was really solid performance period tonight. Yeah, that and the way they moved that puck around and then constantly on them, that was – and that, that's what they should be. <laughs> like, yep. And, and – um there, there's another waiver thing that you know. You ever heard of Frederick Olafson, Colorado? Yeah, I, I saw. I saw waivers. that he's on waivers. Yep, I saw that. Is he, is he a forward? Is he? Are they? Or is he like a defenseman? Or? Uh, he is a uh, he is a forward. Um, That's wing right I'm wing. trying to think off yeah. the top of my head. I think he's like 27, 28 ish. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's that's Olafson. Yeah, would he be any? Did it, it Flames had him, or would, would like any offensive skills? If, if he's, he uh, off the top of my head, I'm I'm just going to pull out pull up yeah. his. He, he hasn't really popped much offense um, in North America. Period. Oh, okay. Um, I, I he's. Yeah. I, I I'm not saying they wouldn't, no. but no. I, I just it wouldn't be on my radar. That's for sure. Okay, because <laughs> there's so many waivers right recently. There's many like just flying around, going up and down. Yeah, and then it's like you see all these things, and you think because they're always looking for players right younger, and, and then yeah, um, but he is uh, he's yeah, he's he'll, he'll be 28 right? in May, so I, I, okay. I, he he wouldn't be of the younger variety necessarily. Okay. Oh, and then um, yeah, this kind of trade is it still do you think? Realistically, Boston like and that player, but you played on Team Canada just recently, and, and the deal, if, yeah, do you think? I I mean maybe I yeah. I think if yeah. if there was a re-signing situation, then mm-hmm. I think um that that could be a potential, yeah. Yeah, because he'd be a good good player. And he's pretty fast that I, I'm aware of. Yeah. Like he's, he's got he's got wheels. 
small in stature, but is he like huge? I'm not like quite sure. Like he can handle the abuse. <laughs> well, he's out for the season right now with yeah. a shoulder. Uh, he had shoulder shoulder surgery, uh, so he is out for the season. Um, I, I th- what what is the most exciting about him is that he's a center iceman. He's not overly big, but yeah. he he's a center, and and that yeah. is maybe the the most exciting part about that player. Yeah, I think that because they need the centerman because they just lost exactly. like so it, so it might it might be it might be right there in potentially the yeah and then oh and then another question yeah, I got like more, a few more days until I'm over there mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's gonna be exciting and then and um, hopefully to see what will happen and hopefully best of luck yes and, sir. Yeah, and hopefully everybody come out and watch it. It's going to be exciting. It's like look yeah. at look at the look at the athletes that we do and and special Olympic. The uh, Bryce is talking about the special Olympics. The special O uh, national games are uh, in Calgary this coming week. Yeah, yeah. For the full week, and come out and watch. There's all bunch of facilities around, and you'll be amazed. And and yeah. Just trying to throw that in. <laughs> well, uh, good uh, good luck, my man. Um, get yeah. get Calgary safe, hey, and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll be in touch. Okay. Okay. I look forward to it. <laughs> okay, man. You take care. Okay, Bryce. See you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Good to hear from you, man. And that will wrap things up on this Saturday from Rogers Place in Edmonton on the phone lines. That will wrap us up on the text line as well. Great stuff on the text line. Great stuff on the phone lines. Always appreciate all of the conversation and uh, all of the input, all of the interaction. As our Flames Talk postgame show starts to move towards its conclusion, it's time for tonight's final summary as the Flames never trailed and they held a big lead for a good chunk of this hockey game um, started with a Nazem Kadri goal in a 6-3 win over the Oilers at 2:02 of the first period. Nazem's 21st of the year from Walker Dewar and Noah Hannafin to make it one nothing Flames. They go up two nothing on Martin Pospisil's sixth of the year. Pospisil from Connor Zary and Braden Pahal at 9:11, and then Noah Hannafin scores to make it three nothing uh, with his tenth of the year. Michael Backlund and Jonathan Huberdeau the assist at 15:53. Flames were up three nothing. Oilers get one back on Zach Hyman's 36th a power play goal from Connor McDavid and Evan Bouchard at 18:29 Flames led 3-1 after 20 minutes of play. To the second period we go. Oilers start to push back a little bit here and they get themselves within a goal on Hyman's second of the night. A breakaway goal for Hyman. His 37th from Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid at 434 to make it 3-2 Flames. Oilers were pushing hard. Could not find that equalizer. Then the Flames go back out in front by two to silence the crowd here in Edmonton. When Dryden Hunt scores the eventual game winner his first as a Flame make at 4-2. Hunt from Jonathan Huberdeau and Oliver Shillington at 11:47 to make it 4-2. Flames go to the power play shortly after and score Hannafin again. A new career high with his 11th goal of the season. 
Hannafin from Zary and Rasmus Anderson at 14.09. Power play goal to make it 5-2 after 40. Flames would make it 6-2 in the latter stages of the game. Oilers pulled their goalie early, and Blake Coleman made him pay with his team leading 23rd. Coleman into the empty net from Andrew Manchapani at 12.51. Oilers get one more. Matthias Janmark scores his fourth from Matthias Eckholm at 16-16 to make it 6-3, which would end up being your final score. Final shots, 35-31 in favor of the Oilers. Flames go one for four on the power play. Edmonton one for three with the man advantage. Three stars in the building tonight. Number three, Zach Hyman. Number two, Connor Zary. And your first start tonight with two goals and an assist, Noah Hannafin of the Flames. With the win, Flames improved to 28-25-5. They're back in action Tuesday at home to Los Angeles, while Edmonton falls to 33-20-2. They're back in action Monday also at home to Los Angeles. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for our on-site engineer, Cam Hughes, and for our outstanding producer Azam Ali Nanji my name is Pat Steinberg that'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post game show which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcast. Next up for the Flames is Tuesday night against LA. Uh, it's a 7 o'clock face off which means we're on the air with your Flames warm up pregame show at 6 o'clock. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your weekend. Final score from Rogers Place here in Edmonton in round 3 of the Battle of Alberta. Flames 6, Oilers 3. This has been your Flames Talk post game show available wherever you get your podcasts and this has been calgary flames hockey on sportsnet 960 the fan